Uduwasha city, where the sun is a mirror and the moon a shadow. 800 years ago, the gates of death were broken by the Emperor Immortal. The five key bearers, however, had already unlocked them and walked right through. It is in Uduwasha city they dwell. Now, the ghost field breathes next to our reality, lit by the eternal flame of the well of Udu. It is a second skin, a place where thought and will struggle against gravity and light. In other places, the dead congregate in the ghost field, but in Uduwasha, the well city, the hell city, they fall straight into the flames. See its glittering districts, Chitichpur, where the rich plot to buy the horizon, Bundavest, where the refugees of two different nations flock, and Pasarhantu, the vertical maze of market and murder. And here is Udepat, where the ceaseless temple resides. Its inhabitants, a family, a snake, and a god. The temple has stood since before the gods of this world were forgotten. Watch as it turns the wheels of revolution. Welcome to Desperate Retune, an actual play podcast about people who take risks so they can survive against the odds. Hi everyone, welcome back to A Candle Ablaze, our game set in, our Blades in the Dark game set in Uduwasha. Last session, the crew went on a heist that they really didn't want to go on and ended up paying for something that they were meant to steal, namely some very complicated and delicate instruments uh, used to what purpose it is not exactly clear to the crew right now, uh, but will become very clear once Miraz has a look. Then we saw Freya poke into the identity of Mr. Peter Samhorse, uh, a totally real person, I swear, uh, who then, upon finding out that um, she was poking into his identity, promptly disappeared her. And I should mention that we did some of this off, uh, off camera, so to speak, but we agreed that one of the things, one of the logical consequences of Freya doing this was that Munna, would, Munna the crime boss, who is the real identity of Mr. Peter Samhorse, uh, would necessarily find out and promptly um, do something about it, which is to disappear her. And mechanically, what this means is that because in the base game, um, there is, you know, a police force and a jail and so on. And that is the way you kind of get rid of wanted levels sometimes is that you just go to jail. But in our Uduwasha, that doesn't exist. Instead, what will happen is that Freya's disappearance by Munna will kind of work like that. So they have gone down a wanted level and we did a roll off camera and Freya's going to have a terrible time of it. But I'm sure that like the crew are going to come to her rescue the second that they find out this has happened. And they have not found out quite yet. So, um, I hope everyone's doing well. I'm Tree, and with me are Adyat. Hello. Prince. Hi. Clow. Hello, it's me. And Emma. Hello there. That was a remarkably normal set of hellos. Well done, everyone. Yes. I've been training. 
<laughs> yes, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. Um, so, I guess the other thing to mention is that we also rolled uh, an entanglement after, uh, which say again off camera, and that entanglement was that you were about to be asked to do a favor by someone who, with whom you are on very good terms. In this case, the Scovlander refugees, and uh, yeah, I think. That's probably where we should we should start off our kind of free play, right? So I think what happens is um, actually, you know what? Before that, uh, the thing that I want to know is is Miraz back from the hospital now? Yeah. Do we want to do the scene where he comes back? Yeah, I think I think that would be interesting because I think that Miraz should be around for the for finding out. That you're going to be asked for a favor. We did last session see Abbas and Miras talk a bit, like as yes. we were yes. recovering. But yeah, yeah. Will I be coming back into the temple? Um, sort of, hmm, still like kind of like resting on a cane or something. You know, I'm, I'll mm-hmm. recover. I just have mm-hmm. been lying on my back for about a month or something. Sure. Maybe an, an arm over Abbas's shoulder. Is that a thing Abbas would allow? Of course. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, Miras. He cannot. Uh, of course, these kids—they uh, don't know how to walk. Uh, if I had taken no, a bullet back and was good. No, you're Miras is Abbas's nephew. If I mean, you know, it's not even a question. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Yeah. I'm sorry, I missed just you. You should be sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Miras, like kids these days, you know, you try to do. Uh, <laughs> 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 try to be nice to them, and mm-hmm. you know, they they just read into everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> These kids always reading. Anyway, so that's yeah. I'm I'm walking in, um, and I think as I'm walking in, the first thing I see is like all the electroplasmic lights and so on outside the temple now. Um, so the new renovations have already begun, I suppose. Following the um, mm-hmm. well, we did some renovations anyway, but like the renovations that have followed the committee meeting, right? That's begun. Yes, correct. Mm-hmm. And I think Miraz is looking at them and he's shaking his head, um, partly in disgust at what has been done without him, what has been planned without yeah. him, but also looking at his own creations, such as the spark graph, electroplasmic lights, and so on. It just looks so gaudy. It just looks so tacky. Mm. And everyone's yes, wrong. Not... Everyone's wrong, including him. Yeah, I mean, everyone is wrong. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm curious... Has Miraz drawn or, um, you know, planned anything in the in the time that he was he was gone? Uh, yeah. Last session, at the end, he drew some plans for arcane words. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but no, I don't think he's had the time otherwise to draw anything. I think every now and then he'd wake up and like scribble something on his like bed sheets that I think like mm-hmm. uh, Amitav's word, uh, nurse words, and so on. They'd like just remove. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, and I think as you come back, Miraz, uh, you you notice uh, a difference, a layering in the temple. And I think the layering here is that you can see now not just how the temple is, but you, this sense of wrongness that everybody's wrong. You can feel this also because you can see how it should be, how it was in the future, kind of, how it should, how it is going to look 
in the past. Um, and I think, uh, there is a part of you that realizes, and I think like what is happening here is that you're seeing the ghost echoes ability now reflecting on you. Um, I took a special ability. I wrote it. It's called sacred geometry. Excellent. With focused observation, you can declare the ways in which any constructed object falls short of perfection. You have plus one dice in pursuit of this perfection. Fantastic. Okay. Um, So yeah, I think that... uh, I think you can definitely kind of tell that like now in the temple in some fashion, the past and future have, have... changed merged it's not exactly clear which of these things it's done but it's done some one something right and you see uh because we did see that uh Padmamukhi got freya a copy of freya's ghost key off her right um you see her uh open a door that may not have been there uh the last time you were here maybe it was maybe it's a new construction who knows um but you see her open this door with this key um and walk in or no i think you see her lock it because she's coming out she locks it puts the key back in her puts the key back in her pocket and looks at you and says miras you are finally back Mm, all healed up yes i i am all healed up and ready to get back to the drawing board say well where'd you get that key what 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 is that and i think is she gonna lie to you? You know what? Let me. I'm. Just, I'm just gonna see if she's gonna lie to you. Uh, I will roll only one die because you are, after all, the high priest of. Um, she rolled a six. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I think she says. Um, well, the little ruffian who is uh, wandering around your Freya, your princess, happened to have this on her. It's quite dangerous, you know. And uh, I confiscated it. And it's been quite useful in its own way. Freya. Who was Freya again? Wait, Freya. Freya was the Freya was the refugee the refugee, right? The the one who thought she was the queen of the world. What's she doing in here, Uncle Abbas? Well in, in here as in in the temple? Well you know, after we rescued her, where else was she going to go? Uh well, I suppose, but it just seems like... Anyway, uh, Mira's, you know, he's got a lot of misgivings about, like, sheltering even more fugitives from from the Empire, but, like, at this point, what, is there, what, is, what else is there to say? And then he turns to... Uh, was it Padmapriya? It was Padmamukhi. It was the last uh, nice one. Okay. And uh, he'd say, Can I... Can I see the key? Can I have it? I mean, maybe I can make you a copy. I think she peers at you and she says, um, Oh, I don't think you should be straining yourself like this. Uh, not so soon. If I, if I see you working too hard, I will tell Vickers. You hear me? And that is a threat. Yeah. I think uh, Miraz is going to look at the key for a bit. And then he's going to shake his head. And then he's going to turn to Abbas and say, Well, maybe she is right. Maybe I should be resting a bit more on Abbas. I mean, I could make a copy of the key for you. Oh, that would be, that would be very nice. Yes, I'm sure. 
I'm sure Paddamukhi would be very happy to give a key to the temple over to, well, over to the high priest and the oldest serving member of the congregation as well. And Padmamukhi, as you well know, has no polite way to tell you to go fuck yourself. Um, mm. So she instead says, I think, uh, ah, well, I mean, of course, if uh, that is your desire, then I will arrange it. But I will, if it is acceptable to you, um, I will consult with, uh, with my sister to ensure that all proper protocol is followed. Mm-hmm. And Abbas can tell whatever that means. right? Yep, yep, yep. yep. Um, the proper protocol to give me a key to the temple where we all live so I can make a copy of it in my office, which will take maybe five minutes. Is that what you're saying? Okay. It is a dangerous artifact, Abbas Bay. It is something that was, uh, that was secreted into the temple by a by, as, as Miraz well knows, a foreign agent, someone who is under the influence of a god. Well, you're quite right. Okay. I think in that case, not only should I make a copy of this key, I should take the key off you so that I may properly study it in my office mm. where I have the proper tools. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think this is a role. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you can do this. And I think the risk here is that she has made already made a copy of herself so that for herself sorry um there is a copy of herself it's a sister haha uh-huh. um so the risk here is that she will give you the key but she will also have it okay yeah um fair enough i guess and i think i'm going to assist you by mira's kind of leaning on his on his stick and saying and consider it also a very sincere request from the high priest mm. very good yeah and I have a devil's bargain for you here, which is that I was just looking at our clock sheet and it may have become irrelevant, but I'm going to make it relevant again, which is way back at the beginning of the campaign, we had the wheel turns on a bus um, and it might mean something different now. It might, seem, might, might even mean something revelatory, but if I get a ticket once, I think you can get a die here because this is very directly connected to the temple and the past and the future. Hmm. You know what? Yeah, I think I think I take that because makes sense. Yep, great. Okay. Oh, oh critical. Well, okay, that was worth it. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. In fact, I'll tell you why it was worth it because, um, as you can see, Badmamuki for a second, like think I'm really going to do this. Um, all of you feel in the temple something shift almost like imperceptibly you can't really put your finger on what it is that has changed but maybe in the um maybe in the tv show what the camera sees is that like some like pattern on the floor you know some tiles something has like shifted minutely and in that moment of like uncertainty i think padmamukhi feels like something divine is going on and then like accepts basically, that this is what needs to happen. Um, and I think what she will do is, for, I think the, the critical effect here is that she will actually offer to help. So she'll give you the key and she will say, of course, the instructions of the high priest are my pleasure to carry out. If you require any assistance or advice or insight, I have been studying this for some time. 
and so is my sister, and we will be very happy to uh, offer our aid if if you should need it. So, as I understand this, on a success, we have a ghost key. We have mm-hmm. the copy that well, was magically created of the ghost key. And mm-hmm. on a crit, we can also gain her assistance in creating another copy of this key, so we can have another ghost yes. key. Okay. Yeah. And also, like, studying it. So, if you want something out of the key, like, if you want a room that nobody else can get into, so, like, things like that, right? Like, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. She will absolutely, like, work on that with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think for now, Miraz is... Who does she give the key to? Because I think Miraz has his hand out too. Yeah, I mean, like, if Miraz has, ha- has his hand out... Oh, but it was Abbas who rolled, no? I think, uh, Abbas, you tell me. Who does she give the key to? Mm, mm. Because I could see it either way. You know, I think, like, she, she might... Uh, she might be giving the key... Like, she might make a move to give the key to Miraz, but I feel like Abbas is going to uh, politely intercept. Mm-hmm. Ah. Yeah, after all, he's the one who convinced her, and he's the one in the best position to study this, and... <laughs> and I mean, Miraz, you know, yes. you, need to, you need to rest. D- determine who should have it. Yes, me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, and, you know, as you intercept, I think she kind of nods, gives it to you, and says... Uh, Yes, best that uh, the high priest rests. Yes, the high priest kind of looks miffed at this, and I think uh, there's like a flash in his eyes, and the, but he, you know, he just leans on his cane and says, "Yes, I will rest. I would like to have a look at it later." Of course, but else, just uh, you know, my door's always open. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> But speaking of doors, I would like nothing more than to walk to the door of my own bedroom and see my wife. Where Where is Vickers? And where is Cousin Joan? It's been a while. Last session when we left, Vickers was still playing roofball against the Skovlanders. So I don't know if this is before yes. or after that, or if she is currently away having that match. I think that there is no way Vickers would not be here when her husband is returning to the temple. Yeah, my question is mostly like, would this be after I have received news from the Skovlanders about oh. whatever it is they want? Yeah, maybe maybe it is. Maybe you can come with them. Yeah. In that case, I would request, like, I, I think it makes sense that Vickers is here when Maras comes back, but in that case, we may want to resolve what actually happens first. Yes. Yes. Okay, fair. Okay. Fair so, as you're playing Roofball, because I think you notice that there are some people here who you would not normally normally expect to be here. I mean, obviously, Marion is here, and uh, she's, in fact, playing against you. But mm-hmm. I think in Freya's absence, especially, over the last like couple of months, new, not new necessarily, but like new to us uh, mm-hmm. players in the politics of, um, of the Scovlanders have arisen, right? Um, mm-hmm. And I think that the the audience, some of them are looking kind of bored by the roof ball that's occurring, and they're kind of waiting for it to get over, right? Um, mm-hmm. Because they're here to talk politics and like ask you for a favor, right? Uh, so they're gonna wait for you to finish, and then they okay. will approach you. So there are. It's not Marion asking me. It's like some people I don't know are waiting to speak with me. Yeah, I think Marion is one of these people. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's no, she's not like the leader. 
Uh, okay. it, it, I think there's a few people now who are all influential. They've all got their factions inside the revolutionaries. And probably some internal power struggle that we don't need to worry about has already occurred for them to settle on this as the thing they're going to do, which is ask you for a favor. Okay, absolutely. So we will see Vickers being flung from a rooftop by Marion and crashed down yes. in front of these people, like knocking aside a bunch of stuff, debris, yeah. landing in the dust. Going like, oh dear, I seem to have been outplayed. Except that, of course, this is not the ball. This is a cabbage. Augustus! <laughs> Score for me, will you? And then she yeah, and, climbs to and, climbs to her feet as Augustus Khan <laughs> scores the winning yeah, goal. August, Augustus Khan yells, Viva la Udwasha! And yeah, scores a very stylish goal. Uh, and the entire, the stands like erupt, mostly in booze because, you know, you're playing them in their home yeah. ground. But you've got uh-huh. like, your, like a fair number of fans now, you're tier one. Um, yeah. So, you know, yeah. Uh-huh. So Vickers, seeing these people having landed next to them, climbs to her feet and uh, says, oh, uh, Well, uh, someone said you wanted a word with me. We might as well speak of a cabbage soup, I suppose. It would be a shame to see this go to waste. <laughs> Indeed. Um, and I think that uh, as Marion kind of like looks down, like spits just being like, ah, oh, fuck, I can't believe, like, I got baited into this. Of course, uh-huh. Augustus Khan was the person I was meant to be looking at, you know. Yeah. Um, and then says, uh, yeah, I need a word with you. Need a word with all of you, actually. And uh, it's not just me. And then she kind of waves and a couple of people walk over. Um, and I have two names for them, but I don't know anything else. So I will nominate, like, all of you to tell me something about them. I think one of them is a woman. Uh, her name is Dagmar. And the other one is also a woman. And her name is... Her name is Helga. I like Helga as a name. Dagmar and Helga, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, what, like, they, they, they turn up. And I think what I want to know is, if Marion is the... I think she's the leader of the old loyalists, right? The people who were like hardcore Freya supporters who've now consolidated under Marion because Marion's the person who's left, right? So mm-hmm. what do you think the other two factions here are? Like, what do you think the Helga and Dagmar's individual like groups could be characterized as? Uh-huh. As it, I will go first. Mm-hmm. With one of them. And it so happens that I had a great aunt named Dagmar. So I'm going to base oh. this character off of her. And she's a Excellent. very old woman. She has mm-hmm. like thick curly hair. And uh, mm-hmm. very intense eyes. And is mm-hmm. like. Looks at everyone with a very very scrutinizing look. And given that this is the, the personality we're giving her. I think it makes sense that she belongs to some sort of Skovland like religious faction. Like she's yes, some sort of. Absolutely. Uh. I don't know if we haven't established anything about the Skovland fates and whatnot, if they even have one. We know there is one temple called the Temple of the Salt Shore in Skovland, but that's the only yeah. thing we know. Uh, yes. So I think anyway that she is, hmm, yeah, let's have her be some sort of, of religious representative then. So, you know, uh, yeah, the second estate in Skovland. Uh, not the first, meaning she was never associated with the kings and stuff. She's more about... Right the traditional faith. Yeah, yeah. Maybe she's like, um, I'm actually looking up your, uh, 
your Scotland playbooks because I remember. Yes, I think she's a Scald, right? Yeah. Um, she is a uh, a religious figure, but she's also kind of a a performer. You know, mm-hmm. so she she one of the ways in which she's like gathered power is okay. absolutely that she, like she's she's a remember of old history. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, this is her trait. She has an eidetic memory. She has like a hundred percent perfect nice. memory. And yeah, that's very like, good. why she's risen to power. Oh, someone else can someone else can come up with the details for Helga. I can go. Though mm-hmm. we haven't heard Emma yet. Emma, do you have any I ideas? Care. I have an idea, yeah. So what I think uh, yeah, I was I was trying to phrase it. So what I think we see is um Marion can appear like kind of tough, but it pales in comparison to like the amount of hard ass that Helga is. Um, nice. She is she is half Sephirosi. She is um, she looks like she's been like camping recently in like a really like in the just in the wilderness. Um, as weird as that may be, and the kind of her factions thing is that they are like. We should just leave these stupid cities to the Empire. They mm-hmm. are not able to be saved. We should reclaim the rest of Scotland. Um, right. From yeah. the ghosts. To the Deathland scavengers. Basically. Basically. Do you think that, like, um, the way that she's pitching this, that there is some kind of, like, old Scovish method of dealing with ghosts that she is proposing that we that they kind of, like, uh, revive? That's very likely, yes. Yeah. She's also half Severusian. That's what the Severusi do. So I guess, is there... Hmm. I guess she's also trying to create some sort of, like, new cultural identity that marries the two somehow? Yeah, I think I think her, her Severusi heritage shows her that it's possible. Right, yeah. Um... Yeah, I think like it is that she knows that it's possible and she remembers the and she's still a nationalist, right? So she's still like, we should believe in like uh the way that we used to do things at Scotland. And like I think she's proposing that um unlike say uh Dagmar, who is suggesting, you know, like something very traditional, very like, you know, pray to the gods and everything will be okay, that kind of thing. Or that's how she characterizes it anyway. I think uh Helga is saying that we should take inspiration from the ways we should do things, and then we should invent a new kind of thing. We should go into the future and not be stuck in the past, and, you know, worrying about the way these cities work and stuff, that's not for us. Um, Great. So I think we see... Sorry, I thought of one more thing for Dagmar, which, Mm -hmm. after, like, reflecting on it for a second, the name means Day Maiden. So I think that, in fact, the Skovlanders worshipped the sun before it died. Excellent. And, and now they okay. have some sort of like, you know, there is a remnant of the sun in the sky above our bleak and dark city. And uh, that's probably their like, they have some sort of myth about like the resurrection of the sun. Nice. Yes, absolutely. Um, a lot of their hard, hardliners. One of the things that the hardline religious faction in Scotland wants to do, and it's entirely possible none of us know about this, one of the things they want to do in Uduasha is blow up the mirror. Mm hmm. Sure, yeah. Um, their false son. Their heresy. The, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Great. Okay. Totally fine, guys. Not mm-hmm. even a problem. I'm um, not saying Dagmar's involved with that. It might just be the fringe of the fringe of the fringe. Yeah. But she's aware that those fringe people exist, right? Yeah. Probably she does spend a little bit of time being like, better make sure these people get nowhere near power because that would be uh-huh. a terrible idea, right? Um, yeah. So I think that like they come up to you. Uh, the rest of your team are kind of still like celebrating. They're throwing mm-hmm. Augustus Khan in the air, uh, which is not yeah. an easy feat. He's not a small man. I think he was the hero of this match because when I rolled to indulge vice, I didn't roll like very well. So I think it's one of those. I rolled a four, which I interpret as like we win, but it's you know it's not Vickers who gets the glory this time. Yeah, I mean, and mm-hmm. and you're still like the captain, and like you made the play, yeah. but he's the one that scored the final. Yeah, like, exactly. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He, uh, yeah, it's more on him this this match. Yep. Yeah, very fine. Uh, so as they walk, uh, walk up to you, I think uh, Marion introduces you to Helga and Dagmar mm-hmm. um, and says, Oh, we, we, had, we had a favor we wanted to ask of you. And well, um, I think that Helga and Dagmar would appreciate seeing your temple as well. So we were hoping that we might be able to return with you. I personally didn't really want to impose on you like this. And you can see, like, in, like there is also, like, a bit of, like, I don't want to be anywhere near Joan, please. Uh, she's mm-hmm. done some weird fucked up shit. Uh-huh. Um, and yeah. she said, but, she, you know, she kind of says, you know, they kind of feel that this is our best option. Um, so if you don't mind, you know, yeah, we have a proposal uh, sure. for you. So Vickers looks a little awkward and goes like, oh, well, I don't have anything prepared, but I suppose I can send word ahead and have Someone um, cook something. Up. I think, as you say this, uh-huh. Marion will immediately, remembering the last time, yeah. say, uh, "Oh, not to worry. Dagmar's just told us that today is the day for fasting, so uh, we are we are eating um, nothing but." Uh, and then she's like trying to come up with something, and Dagmar says, uh, "We are only eating what has been made in our own kitchens, and our kitchens are shut today, so I'm afraid we cannot partake." But uh-huh. if you have chai, we will gladly drink. And she's very sweet. She's a sweet yeah. old lady. Yeah. Well, I suppose I can whip up some chai. I I don't suppose it should be a problem. Then I suppose the cabbage is for later. Because yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think I think Marion is just thinking in her head, there's no way she can fuck up chai, right? But we're, uh-huh. we'll find out if, if, yeah. if that's true. Uh-huh. Uh, great. So, I think Vickers is probably not aware that today's day Miras is released from the hospital, because, right. one, she would definitely be there, like, she would not have a match on that day. But I also think, you yeah. know, it's not like, you know, Amitabh is a traditional doctor, I don't think he goes like, we'll sign you out in seven days, he'll be like, yeah, yeah. you look well enough now, you can leave. It's yeah. like, yeah. You know, very much yeah. vibes-based medicine, so. Yeah, I mean, you, you can come back if you, if you need me, don't worry about it, yeah. okay, bye. Mm-hmm. All right. Great, yeah. And I guess you flag down a nudge and send, send them ahead. Um, and I guess what is happening, in fact, is Miraz, as you say, where's Joan and where's Vickers? We see, like, Vickers kind of approaching, right? Yeah, like, so, we see Vickers approaching. Um, and we also see Padma Priya, who was not present, right? She has made yes, the chai. correct. She comes out with, like, a big kettle... Um, she's setting out some glasses and she looks at Miraz and she says, Oh, Miraz, you're back. Oh, what a unexpected pleasure. Um, Vickers is just about to come with some guests. Are you well to 
sit down and socialize? Do you do you want me to make an excuse? Oh, Miras, Miras, you're you're back. Are you are you feeling alright? Are you sure you shouldn't be resting any further? Did did Amitab sign you out already? How? And Vickers will step forward and immediately like physically fuss over you, right? Like she will be pulled into a hug, but not before having like checked your wound with her hands. But yes, no, my 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 large intestine is where it should be. Don't know so much about the small intestine. Hmm. Can you feel it? Is it in there? I think Vickers will poke you in some imitated attempt at what she has seen doctors do, <laughs> and and uh, be like, "Dear, I I don't know. I how, how do you test if chakras are aligned again?" <laughs> like trying to remember what she knows. So, yeah, somewhere, um, Adiat's not Adiat. Sorry, Abbas's close friend Ripadna is yeah. like shuddering as mm. this is happening. <laughs> yes. Like, <laughs> why? Why? You know, like not even knowing. Yeah. Sometimes you just get feelings. Yeah, uh, but Vicar is just like, well, if if he said you were well enough, then I suppose you must, you must. But you do be very careful, man. Also, although it, it's so very good to have you back. And yes. then I think, then she will relax and like accept the embrace, right? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, after the embrace, uh, Miras kind of pulls away, and then he kind of looks at you and says, "I've heard that guests are coming." Uh, let's see. Every single time I've heard this phrase, it has been some Scovlanders coming in here asking us to help with their revolution. I'm sure it can't happen a third. Oh. Wait, no, is, that's what's happening, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, Vickers looks a little awkwardly behind her at the three Scovlanders approaching. It's not Marion that's coming, right? Says Joan from like a corner. Oh, hello, cousin Joan. I'm back from the hospital. Yes, wonderful. I, I was just on my way down. And she like, kind of picks at her teeth and picks at something that she took out and flicks it away. Have you eaten anything else interesting recently? I think one of my last memories was you eating. Uh... <clears throat> yes. Probably best, better than your hospital food. Although I guess it wasn't the, that kind of hospital, right? Actually, Amitov's food was amazing. It was some of the best. He was about to say some of the best food he's eaten in months. Uh -huh. And then he says, it was very good. Vickers nods and agrees with you. Oh, yes, he's, he's quite good at what he does. Isn't he? Now, I know the flavor isn't always the best compared to other sources of food, but it is very healthy. But seriously, who are you bringing? I do hope you're not bringing Marion. She hasn't been responding to any of my urchins. Uh, I, it was some friends of hers. I'm not entirely sure, and I guess she'll look behind herself, because I imagine the Scovlanders are not, like, far behind. Yep, and Marion is there, but Marion is... Um... Marion has an expression on her face, Joan, that I think only you will recognize. And it is the expression of, like, really not wanting to be somewhere and not having a choice about it. Um, it's kind of a grumpy irritation. And that's not really what most people see on Marion's face. Triple threats. Wonderful. So would actually, do you reckon Joan would know the other two? I, I think Joan knows the other two as like, oh yeah, those are more fanatical than Marion. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think they seem to be kind of like having some hushed conversation. They clam up when they approach like 
the temple and you see Dagmar look up at the structure and then murmur something under her breath that seems to be like a, some kind of religious like little thing being like, oh, blessings be upon me and the house upon which into which I enter or something like that. Um, and she is waiting for you to invite her inside. Uh, Helga is like, what are you doing? And walks in. And Marion does not want to come in. She's terrified now. So oh, she's no, gonna no. Pretend. I'm inviting people, obviously, as I see them. Excellent. Like, Vickers yeah. will glance briefly at Joan with like a look of, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't, you know, I, I yeah. probably didn't want to meet Marion. Uh, my bad, yeah. right? But then she will turn back to the guests and go like, well, do enter. Hospitality is one of our principles. The chai should be just about ready. Uh, I, and then she turns back to Miras, Joan and Abbas, I think, and goes like, I, I'm dreadfully sorry. If it's, we, we were playing roofball and well, I couldn't say no, could I? <laughs> no, no, it's quite all right. It's quite all right. Uh, I admit what I really want to do is go lie down and not deal with any more Scovlander nonsense. Oh, well, uh, you, in that case, Miras, I, I think I'd better see to you. Uh, Joan, Abbas, do, do you mind taking care of our guests for a moment? No, and no, I no, think, no. Like, <laughs> whoa, whoa, hang on a minute. I should go. I should go. Uh, uh-huh. Hang on a minute. Vickers calls Abbas by his first name. Oh no! She, uh, well, she, she calls him Uncle Abbas. Yes, I forgot. Yeah. How dare you? Yeah, it's oh, it's always gonna... Uncle Abbas. You're quite right. I was gonna come down with a fit there. Yes. Yeah. So I think Mira says you know that he wants to lie down, but like you know, uh-huh. no, he should he should be involved. You know, because yeah. clearly decisions have been ha- happening without him anyway. Uh huh. Yeah, a kerfuffle ensues before everyone sits down for chai, I think is the summary of the... And while this is happening, I think Padmapriya like, kind of like serves everybody. Um, I think, in fact, as she begins to, we probably see Helga, who, as you say, is more of a hard-ass and like, um, more of like uh, a very, you know... Um, bite the bullet, like, just get shit done kind of person. In this way, however, will be like, no, 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 let me help you. And then the two of them kind of like, you know, figure it out, uh, serve the serve the chai, and while you are kerfuffling, uh, Padma Pera is making friends. Mm-hmm. A table is arranged, and everyone will be seated yeah. so that they may speak to the Baha'i priest, which I guess they weren't expecting to meet, but now he's here, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I think... Um, Dagmar will say, uh, ah, I was not aware that you had returned from your hospital visit, was it? Yes, uh, I'm back. Um, hi. Indeed, a pleasure to meet you. Uh, I am Dagmar, a scald of the Scottish tradition. Uh, I understand you already know Marion, and uh, this is my... And a brief pause as she's like... Mm, Compatriot, Helga. I look at them and I kind of give polite and polite smiles, waiting for them to come to some sort of point. Indeed. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, I should say that he's been back for approximately five minutes, so we probably shouldn't drag this out too much. And I think Helga will say, Excellent. In that case, uh, let me make this very quick. 
Marion tells me that you're a friend to the Scottish and you've done uh, loads of good work for us. And we've done loads of good work for you. Also, I hear Marion's people certainly have. We need some help. And you're influential in Uduasha and you, you know people and they know people. And well, we're in a bit of a pickle with um, these Katsrithi refugees who are also in Bundavest. Now, I think we should just kick them out, not worry about it. They are definitely disrespecting us, but Dagmar seems to think a softer approach might work. Uh, what that approach is, I don't know. But, well, if you want me to come to the point, the point is we're having some trouble and uh, we would like some help with it. Well, I don't know if you should be calling them refugees as such. I mean, they're just a bunch of farmers who couldn't get with the times and then they lost all their jobs and now they're over here. Uh, your people are refugees. They just uh, cut it. I'm sorry. Uh, do you want us to remove some re refugees? They aren't refugees. You want us to remove some people from a neighborhood? You I, I mean, I, I think everyone here will agree that this is not what this temple is about. And I think uh, Dagmar will say, no, no, um, Helga in her trademark blunt phrasing has uh, not exactly... What we mean to say is that we've had some trouble with um, some, some swordsmen, the... The rising moon, the rising star, something of this kind. They are Ketherisi uh, Nadu Wells. And I'm afraid that uh, some of their people and some of our people have fallen into some violence. We are hoping that we might stop this violence before it escalates. And what is happening here is that uh, the Ketherisi farmers, who are from a different part of Iruvia, who have settled in uh, Bundavest because, as Mira says, they weren't able to um, adapt to the ways that, like, the industry was changing because the industry didn't care about them. Yeah, radiant energy. Uh, mm -hmm. yeah, radiant energy, indeed. Uh, slowly becoming, uh, they are falling under the sway of the rising moon style of swordsmanship, um, which also makes it ho its home in Uduwasha. And over the last, I would say, three to six weeks, what had been simmering tensions has now become uh, basically full-on war. People have died on both sides. And this seems to be a last-ditch attempt by everybody on the Scovish revolutionary side who have at least agreed to be like, let's try something before we commit to you know, one or the other. And they're probably getting... Pressure also from the noble houses, from various other people being like, you better make peace. I have a question here. How does Abbas mm -hmm. view the martial arts schools, like the, the sword schools that we have in, in Uduasha? I want to add a little bit of flair here um, that might actually help Abbas answer, uh -huh. which is because um, I wrote up the Rising Moon. So the Rising Moon is like in the Blades Manual. That's like one of the sword styles from Eurovia. It's like they use a sickle. So, like, part of my idea there was that it's not really a proper uh, sword school. Like, it's not got, you know, pedigree, it's not got noble history and so on. Like, it's not respected. 
it's basically just a bunch of farmers who also fight with a sickle and mm -hmm. they have developed their own style it's kind of like a grassroots martial arts thing it's very leftist and so on i suppose we'd put it that way in the real world but they don't call right. it that obviously mm -hmm. so like and now they're basically a gang i don't know if abbas has even heard of them well abbas probably has but none of us probably have Okay, so heavily armed farmers, all right. But yeah, I think Vickers would look to Abbas to see, you know, what he thinks about the heavily armed farmers. Hmm. Um, I don't know, I, I think Abbas would have a fairly, like, a bit of sympathy towards them, because I think he, he'd know about, like, their situation, and... Um... All right, so do we have any further detail about them not being able to... Uh, okay, so, I mean, especially because uh, the them not being able to move with the times is because of... Uh, Acrosy radiant energy. So, yeah, I think even even if they're causing trouble in the city, you know, I, I think Abbas's take would be that, oh, well, you know, you have to, you have to look at the systemic problems here. Yes, we, can, we can't yeah, just go... We have to look at the, yeah, yeah, you're right. Is this what yeah. you say? That you have to look at the systemic problems? <laughs> well, I mean, what's the question from Vickers? Uh, uh, like, or... Mm -hmm. Yeah. She she asked, like, what... Yeah. She didn't outright ask, but she looked uh, to you uh, for advice, like, can you explain yeah. this? Vickers, <laughs> uh, uh, so the situation basically is that uh, and don't take this the wrong way, but Agarosi, you know, and he looks meaningfully at Vickers, like, okay, not you, like, the bad type, not you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I've been uh, displacing in various ways, economics, you know how it is. These get 3 farmers and uh, having uh, lost their livelihood, you know, uh, they've, um, they've moved into the city, they're, they're doing the best that they can. And there's a lot of really good literature about how there's uh, the rising poverty, least rising crime. And I think this goes on for a while until it says that basically, uh, you know, I, I think they're good people, just falling onto hard times. Well, then, we ought to help them get out of trouble and not get in fights with other people. You know, Bundavest is quite crowded. I'm I'm wondering if someone's exploiting these poor people. Vicar says with, like, yeah. the look of, like, I have discovered a deep conspiracy. People exploit <laughs> yeah. people sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think uh, when you say this, Helga will say... No, they're not exploiting. They're not exploiting anybody. They're just a bunch of violent and good-for-nothing thugs. And I'm not going to lie. We also have violent, violent, good-for-nothing thugs in our ranks. But let me be serious. We are just trying our best. And well, the Catharsis have. Uh, a lot of pull with the bureaucracy that we can't do very much about, and it is more than a few people I know have died. And, they, and like, I think Abbas can say that it's not like a hundred people have died, so she's like laying it on a bit thick. Mm -hmm. Well, more than a few. Yeah. Exactly started these hostilities, though. Why did this violence erupt between you and them? And I think at, when you when you ask this, you see um, you see Marion finally kind of start to like talk, and until now she's been kind of like silent. And she says, "Well, ever since Freya disappeared, 
we've been pressured by a lot of people to get out of the city. And well, Freya was kind of the glue holding all of us together. Once she left, people wanted to move in. People started saying, you know, what did we do for them anyway? And I'm not sure who threw the first stone, but I think we were provoked. I think they're looking for an excuse so they can say that we're creating too much trouble and then they can have all of Bundavest to themselves. I think uh, Miras then kind of leans forward and says, listen, I know what happens in these, uh, in the hospitality ghetto in Bundavest. Everyone knows about all the drugs and all the, all the, all the brothels and the vice dens and so on. And I know you're pro you would say that you're, it's all for the greater good, that it's all the money goes into the cause and so on. But I'm sure they would say the same. And let's be honest, it's, if that's what's happening, isn't it? Your, your, your side businesses, both of your gr groups, there's been people getting killed that way, isn't it? Mm. And he leaves back uh, as the, like, it must be the case. And it, I don't know if it is actually out of character. Mm -hmm. I mean, they are not going to appreciate this. So unless something happens right now, uh -huh. uh, Dagmar is going to... Something will happen, I think, because Vickers okay. is having a bright and terrible idea. So uh -huh. he says, like, well, Freya might be gone, but you're still working with that fellow Hardil Subramanian, aren't you? Here's an idea. Why don't we get these poor farmers jobs for Mr. Semhorse's glassblowing business? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Vicar, that's a great idea. <laughs> so, by providing employment, yeah, we'll, we can take all this trouble off the streets. Yes. <laughs> and I think um, Marion says that man was bad news. I'm glad we don't have to deal with him anymore. And uh, to be perfectly honest, I do not appreciate the implication that somehow what is happening here is that. We want to save the illegal things that we're doing. Okay. And I think she looks straight at you, John, and says, Is this really how your family talks about us? Well, not everyone sees the world the way you do. Hmm. Indeed. Yeah. Vickers will scramble to try to diplomatically save the situation because this is getting yeah. awkward. So she mm. leans forward and says, Well, no one is accusing anyone for doing what they must under. Difficult circumstances, it is as, as exactly as Uncle Abbas has said, it is all about economics, which is a very dark science that very few of us can claim to understand. <laughs> and oh, yeah. What have you done for them, Marion? Uh -huh. Ah, ideological battle, I love this. I think Marion looks at you, Joan, and says, I kept them together after you, whatever it is you did in the temple. And then, like, a, a note of fear enters her voice because she's been avoiding thinking about it. Um, and she says, you know, when you completely destroyed any semblance of unity among the revolutionaries, someone had to make sure that if they didn't, you know, completely fall crack under the pressure, I had to step up. That's what I've done. If all and, the unity yeah. was based on that thing... I don't know what that was worth. But you are right. It's a problem now. And Dagmar will basically just at this point say the Temple of the Ceaseless Wheel is known for its 
hospitality. I'm falling at your feet. Please help us. And she is going to, I think, genuinely, if you don't stop her, fall on her feet. Fall on your feet? You know what I mean. Whose feet? Um, Mirazes, you're the head priest. Oh no. So Vickers goes, I guess that, that shan't be necessary, because that sounds like a very awkward situation. It is incredibly awkward. Yeah, really, we'll, we'll be glad to help out, won't we? And she looks around uh, at everyone else. <laughs> um, uh, uh, please, please get up. Uh, and then... Uh, so, wait, hold on. And then he kind of says, as the suddenly like possessed by another thought, the Kingfisher Grotto, is it in the middle of all of this? I, I think it will be in the middle of all of this. I think Marion will say, of course it's in the middle of all of this. So, uh, I don't know. It's got a weird energy, but it is incredibly well placed. Everybody wants a piece of it. Yeah, because you can hide drugs in there. I beg your pardon? You can hide drugs in there. Yes. And again, Dagmar will be like, I understand that you have no reason, particularly, to trust us, but I hope that all of the good work that you have done, we are nothing but grateful. But listen, listen, you don't have to do, you don't have to beg, you don't have to do the whole on the knees thing. I mean, we can even pretend your people aren't selling drugs, the catches aren't selling drugs, we can all pretend all of that is happening. Um, but I need the grotto. Uh, I, 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 there's some things I need to do in there. Um, and I think Abbas has already heard what I want to do there. I want to kind of like create a franchise, a sort of like little chapel, franchise the temple or something. Yeah, we're we're expanding. Yeah, I don't know if the others have heard. So this is probably the first time they're hearing that we need the Kingfisher Grotto for something, as far as Mirza mm -hmm. is concerned. But, mm -hmm. Listen, we'll do this for you. Um, we'll frame it however you want, but I need the Grotto. For me, it's a mutual partnership, okay? If we do this for you, you make sure that I get to do my business in the grotto undisturbed. And I think Helga will say, um, and she's been kind of sneering at the old woman all of this time. Um, Helga will say, you apologize for what you said about the Scottish, and I will personally make sure that you get the grotto and you get whatever you want. You can do whatever you want inside. But what do you think say <laughs> right. Oh no, uh, no, that's not. Everyone does drugs. I think Vickers will intervene once again, like put a hand on yours and say, uh, just like what he means to say is there was no ill will meant. It's you know, it's all just economics. She says desperately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think it's really good that you have them kind of over a barrel because mm. these are all nationalists in one way or another. And they would absolutely, you know, be very unhappy about this, but they have no choice. Yep. Um, we would never sell a drug to fund a revolution. No. No, yeah. who would do that? Yeah, who would do that? Yeah. That's a single one. Is that the scene or is there more to it? Yeah, I think that's pretty much the scene. I think like they're, they're like, you know, we have, we're basically out of ideas. You are the mm -hmm. one faction in probably in the city that's on good terms with us. We'll do whatever you want. You want the grotto, you can have it. 
So I think I want to out of character suggest what Vickers suggested in character because I think it's it's yeah. a very fun idea. We get the Kethris to work for Munna. We're on good terms with Munna, so then we can tell them to do something else. <laughs> I, I I think Abbas is on board with this because like we we know that like Munna was lying about employing Akarosi. Sorry, like employing uh, Iruvian labor, right? Um, and so I think he would like to engineer a situation where they must employ Eruvian labor. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> the plan is to force Muna to employ these Kethris people somehow. He may not employ them in like entirely savory business, of course, but Vickers doesn't know that. Abbas probably knows and suspects it. But I wonder if he... And of course he's a crime boss. I'm sure he would love to hang out with a crime, crime syndicate. Yeah, well. exactly. <laughs> we don't know about all of that, of course. We just know about a European entrepreneur. Yeah, we know that this Sam Horse guy is kind of shady, but so far he seems to be shady in a mostly benevolent direction. So, <laughs> yes, correct. Yeah, and I think that like there's a few ways you could go about this, uh, even in like trying to convince him, right? Because you don't, I don't even know if you can necessarily go and talk to him, but I think you'd definitely be able to go and force your yeah. way in. You know, like there's a lot of stuff that could be. Here, so. What I suggest is to cut to the action, is that we have a chat with Hardil, and he's like, yeah, we've tried to hire them, but they refused. Yeah. And but... then we, you know, we need to apply pressure to them somehow. Yes. Like, rather than have a whole scene with Hardil just negotiating, just be like, yeah, we would love to hire them. Unfortunately, they refused. And I think, like, you, maybe it's not, you don't even have a conversation. Like, you just, like, send a message, you get a message back being like, mm -hmm. um, they wouldn't do the work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you can get them to do the work for us, great. And Hadzil is not going to mention, by the way, that Freya is with him or anything. No. Because I think he's probably figured out that this is something Freya was doing on her own. And you don't know mm. about it. So, yeah. fantastic. One, one thing here, though. Uh, so, out of character. Like, and this is entirely you know, at a meta level because none of us would know about any of this. If Muna doesn't already have connections to the Rising Moon and the Ketrisi gangs and refugees or like that entire underworld, then there must be a very good reason why they don't seem to want to work with him. And I'm wondering if yeah. Hardil tells us that what what the oh. reason is. That makes sense. Yeah, that gives us an angle. I agree. Yeah, I think like you know, um, I can think of a reason, but let's actually make this the kind of like gather info thing, right? Like what you do when you do the score, right? So. Yeah. Um, there, there is a reason, and if you give me like 30 to 60 seconds, I'll come up with it. Um, but I also definitely mm -hmm. think that, uh, yeah, because I think yeah. the difficulty here is that, so as far as we're concerned, there's no particular reason for Mr. Peter Samhorse to have already had contact with them. So there's no particular reason yeah. for us to imagine that Mr. Peter Samhorse is someone that they've already, for some reason, taken against. Because yeah. who know, Because we don't know Mr. Peter Samhorse's Munna. So does yes. any of us think to ask this question in character? Because I sure as hell would not. <laughs> think to ask what question exactly? Like why? Uh, you know, investigate this angle at least. Like, you know, it's like, okay, but like why, you know? Yeah, I think Vickers will do it and kind of accidentally because I think Vickers, for whatever reason, I suppose, yeah, Miras needs to rest. So Vickers will yeah. deliver this message, I think. So she will go okay. down to the foundation and make sure the message gets through. And she will kind of yeah. phrase it, not as like, why won't these people work for you? But like, yeah. is there any reason why they couldn't work in your glassblowing industry? I don't see the reason. Why wouldn't you hire them? And then there would be an answer of like, well, I would, except X. 
Yeah. So why don't you roll um, as a 4-3 roll to gather info? And I think a very straightforward devil's bargain here is that um, he will get a very good idea of exactly like how worried you are, if at all, about Freya. Um, because right now he doesn't have that, like, he, he has the information from whoever he has watching you or whatever. Uh -huh. But like, this is like, because you're so open, he's going to be able to figure out, he's going to ask you some questions about Freya. Whatever you answer, he'll be like, okay, I, I know exactly what the current situation is and how careful I have to be about it. Is that a devil's bargain, you said? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I will not take it, because Vickers is not that scrutable. Like, it's not that she doesn't give away anything on purpose, it's just that Vickers can be very hard to read. Yeah, very reasonable. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I roll Consort, and I get a four on gathering this information. So probably, I guess I have a chat with Hardil in person. I guess I go down to the Foundation yeah. and meet him. And I think the reason that he meets you, by the way, is that he, like, looks at you and says, did you really, like, leave a check? Like, in my name? Like, is that really what happened? And like, he's, like, laughing about it. He's, like, I think genuinely amused, right? Yeah, and I think Vickers is very confused because he told us he was trying to buy it and they wouldn't let him. Yeah. So we, yeah. it's like, we fixed it. And I think he basically mentions that, like, the person in charge of... I think, like, the Rising Moon School is grassroots and probably now is, like, spread across... At least Aruvia, and we know it's in Duskwall. But the person who's in charge of it in Uduasha is, uh, and he kind of goes, for some reason, I don't know why, but he's personally set against working with Mr. Samples. And he has rebuffed all offers quite violently. And if a bus was here, he would be able to tell that, like, the offers weren't made politely, the offers were also made violently. Um, but the way he makes it out to you is that like, we were just asking a question, he punches in the face. Who does that? Yeah. So, we need to learn more about this gang leader, I guess. I guess that's the next step. But Vickers will, yeah. suppose, return with this information. But like, it, it seems like some particularly unpleasant man has gathered up these poor, innocent peasants and is exploiting them. Oh, no. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yes, Vickers, it's called a crime boss. <laughs> no, I don't like Mr. Sam Holt. <laughs> yeah, but you know, they, it turns out that some crime bosses has gathered these peasants and is making them do violent stuff. This is... Uh, so all you need to do is stop him. I vote that we learn more about him, and I also vote that he is a really unpleasant fellow, so that we can... I think that we'll see how well your gathering info goes, and depending on that, we'll find out how unpleasant he is. Okay, mm -hmm. I'm going to do this. I'm going to take inspiration from... The story Prince was telling us in the morning about the Swedish newspapers and how they have these color, they report all the mm -hmm. gang crime with colorful nicknames. Uh huh. Yeah. I'm going to read the news. You're going to yeah. read the newspapers about this man. Yeah. Uh huh. I'm sure his yeah. name is on there, his address is on there. <laughs> well, it his crimes be... are probably there. So. Yeah, based on, based on your role, who knows? Maybe like a groundbreaking investigative report has just been published. And this also establishes that Miraz is not in the habit of reading newspapers and keeping up with what's going on. Yeah, but I think the reason that you're reading newspaper now is that you're with Zajidan, who is very worried about you. And like you're hanging out with him, and he's reading the newspaper. So you're reading it with him. Oh no, that's what I get. Two, one, and a three. And it was a two, one, and a three. Okay. Can I just get bad information? I don't think it's bad information. I think you get good information. But you get good information that is not what you want to hear, which is that you find out that what has happened is that, so this person, let's give him a name, uh, Ramu, his name is Ramu. Mm -hmm. And 
Um, he is a salt of the earth, Catherine, born and brought up. He's lived in Uduwacha only maybe like the last maybe 10 years. He's got a cool nickname. He's called Ramu the Golden. And they basically, the story basically explains. Like, uh, so they all fight with sickles, right? As well as yes, swords. So he's got a golden sickle. He's got a golden sickle. Excellent. Yeah. He's, he's a uh, getter fix, but like much younger. Um, and he, the, the, the report basically says that he's a very charismatic man who's been like fundamental in making sure that the Catherine are able to defend themselves against ruffians, are able to like manage some self-respect, are able to like inter like interact with the bureaucracy that would otherwise be so terrible and difficult. You know, um, Ramu is like their champion and like looks out for them and like he's so cool and like obviously, you know, there are some rumors that he's involved in unsavory things, but all of those rumors are really like things that from people who don't like him. Um, yeah, and I think that like even though you want him to be like quite unpleasant, at least this report, which is probably a little biased, makes him out to be like a man of the people who is doing the best he can with the resources that he has. Well, that's fine. That's great because if he's a man of the people, then like I know this really like uh, this really up and coming. European entrepreneur who's got a lot of jobs. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Ah, yeah. yeah. Right. So this is clearly going to be a cakewalk. Uh -huh. I do want to try to avoid making this score another social one. Like as, as much as it makes sense to just set this up, I would like for this to be a more action-packed score, right? Where yeah, we no, end no. up in opposition somehow. I'm just flagging that. Yeah, no, I think so. Um, one of the reasons that like I know that he is uh, the head of the Rising Moon School is that like He's not interested in being talked down, and he's very good so far at violence, but um, violence is likely to be the thing that might convince him, because there is no way, I think, uh, he... If you turn up and you say, why don't you work and be nice to him, he's going to be very suspicious of it, because you won't be the first person to try that. Mm. Do we have to beat this guy in a duel? <laughs> Honestly, you could, and he would be exactly the kind of person who would... A, be up for that, and B, probably cheat, because he doesn't think honor exists. Uh-huh. So, yeah. Maybe we should challenge him to roof ball or something. Oh, no. He doesn't play roof ball. Uh, and he definitely thinks that it is uh, sport, for, sport for people who have too much time on lands. Uh-huh. It is a sport for decadent city folk, obviously. Yes. They're on the countryside, they play ultra cricket. <laughs> There are no roofs on the countryside. Uh-huh. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, correct. I'm gonna think I'm gonna think this week, by the way, for instance, about what ultra cricket looks like. And then uh -huh, you know good. you're gonna regret it. So great. Good. Uh yeah. So that is kind of like um your target. Is there any other gallery info anyone wants to do? Joan or uh Abbas? Or I mean or we could just cut to it. Yeah, let's let's just go for it. Yeah, Joan? Yeah, agreed. Great, okay. So I never do this because I'm always scared it's going to backfire. But before we roll engagement or anything, um, let's do the thing where we smash cut, which I'm told Blades is great at. So I think that we see Damu the Golden, and he doesn't just have a sickle. He's got, I think, a, a sickle and a chain attached to the sickle. And the other side of the chain is... Um, 
like a counterweight, like a big metal ball. And he wields both with a deadly accuracy. And then the camera cuts, because we don't know yet what he's going to look at. But as he comes out, we see him, um, and he does not look, I think, particularly, if you saw him on the street, you'd be like, oh, he's just a person. And then you kind of look at his eyes, and the eyes are of a person who has done way too much shit he should not have to save his people. And whatever this is, doesn't even scratch, like, the surface of life. Okay? Is his ball and chain, like, a, some sort of, some form of threshing flail? Indeed. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, there's a Japanese weapon, the Kusarigama. Ah, uh, that's probably where I got it. Yes, I knew there was, like, uh, something in my brain that was like, oh, I've seen this. Yes, that's probably what it is. Correct. Yep, very appropriately, uh, it is a uh, modified farmer's tool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, excellent. Yeah. Great. Good. Okay. Right. So let's do engagement. So is our point of entry a duel? Did we just decide on that? <laughs> or... Yeah, basically, like you said it, and I was like, you know what? Let's uh, let's let's just like commit to that. Like whether it means the duel is actually happening, whether it means he turns up, there's nobody there, and then you like blow him up, or a boss defeating him with facts and logic. <laughs> Facts and logic and also a bar. I'm happy for it to be a duel, but it's like, mm. even though that's not cool, like, how do we, like, is that what we're doing? I think, I, okay, I, I have a setup here. It's a little complicated, mm-hmm. but bear with me. I think mm-hmm. what happens is that we contact him and be like, we have an offer you can't refuse. And somehow he takes that as meaning we want to fight him. Yes. I know why. I know, I know why he wants mm. to make it a fight. He knows that the te- that the Scovlanders have been reaching out to us. He knows that we are in yeah. on the Scovlanders. They know mm-hmm. all of this. So obviously, yeah. you know, take out their biggest allies. That'd be great. So how about this? We're sort of changing the detail a little bit here, but I think this is fine. I don't think this is a duel. I think that what we do is we provoke him into attacking us. He comes to our temple and, like, picks a fight with us. This has advantages and disadvantages because we have home turf, but we're also not necessarily prepared for it. Oh my god, it's going to be home alone. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think th- I think that could be a cool setup. Like him and a couple of guys are planning to go over to the temple and like fuck us up, right? Send a yeah, message. Yeah. And how do we imagine that them just just to get the logic really solid? How do we imagine that them attacking us will help the Scovlanders deal with their sickle problem? Well, if we take out the leaders of the gang, like. If we get attacked and the leaders of the gang get defeated, then the leaders of the gang lose face. Like, they might, they might not die, but... Yeah, if you tell Hadu that you're intending on embarrassing this guy, he will use that opportunity. Exactly, yeah. So, uh, probably that's our plan. You know, we, we intend to, like, embarrass him somehow, and then he just lashes out with violence and attacks us before we have time to do it. But if he fails, then he has embarrassed himself. And we're still alive. Okay, I think in that case... I was gonna say that I mean it's entirely possible that this guy, I mean, if not like if the Ketrasi don't already like uh, believe this, like this guy's been ingraining into the Ketrasi the the importance of strength and you know like r- r- rule by power, and if he loses then uh, to us then we have we become de facto the new leaders of the Ketrasi. That is absolutely not how it's gonna work, but I love that Abbas thing. Something like that, you know? Yeah, sure, yeah. So, so in that case, I have a couple of ideas. The first is, let's, let's say that, in fact, that image we had of him turning up with the weapons, he is not actually looking at any of you. He's looking at the rest of his 
team, right, who are coming to get you. And the reason that, like, he's carrying his weapons is that all of them have just got ready, right? And they're all coming for you. And the second thing is, I think actually this makes sense as a reverse engagement, which is that we should go through the process, but answer all these questions from the Ketsuris' point of view, because they're attacking you. Okay, interesting. Sure, never done that before, but uh, why not? Let's screw with the rules. Yeah, I think, like, it should be interesting to see it from the other side. And I also think fictionally mm -hmm. it makes sense, because you're being attacked. You are not actually, they are engaging you, right? You don't necessarily know that he's going to go from nothing to assault. I'm intrigued. Well, maybe you do. We'll see how he rolls. So, is this plan particularly bold or daring? Yes. They're coming for you. Um, yeah. Uh, so, they start with one for Sherlock. They get one for bold or daring. Mm -hmm. Is it particularly complicated or dependent on loads of parts? I don't think so. They're going to turn up and fuck you up. It's a kick yep. in the door plan. Yep. I actually don't have the engagement thing in front of me, so I'm just going off my memory. Uh, can any of your uh, allies contact, etc.? It seems like they did know that you, they had information, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I think that they got that information from a contact, but they will lose that die because you are the target and their rivals, the Scovlanders, are helping you. So they're back to two dice. So one of the questions you missed is, does the plan's detail expose the vulnerability of the target hit them with their weakest? Yes. Correct. Um, no, I guess. I, I, I don't think it does. No. I think they're yeah. just kicking the door. And does the target have special defenses? We don't have security yet, do we? I mean, no, you have the first level of secure, right? Yeah, we do. We, don't we, have do. Yeah. we have the first level of secure, but then we do have defenses, actually. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so they lose the die for this. Keep saying, hold on. I'm going to say it many times in this session. Ah, yes, yes. I was just about to say, I think our first level of defense is a half-finished escalator. Try to navigate that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Excellent. We'll just flick the switch and put it on reverse. <laughs> and they'll never be able to get up here. They're at one die, but I think they will get another die because when we think about uh, other factors and so on, they are higher tier than you. So they will get a die for being tier 3 when you're only tier 1. Is there anything on and your side that you expect to take a die away from them? I think one thing that I'd like give a die to them is they're very practiced at attacking people and mm. kicking their shit in, whereas we yeah. have no practice in being attacked and having our shit kicked in. Fair. Yeah. Is that fair? Yeah. So that's three dice then. I think that's it. So three dice for them. One oh, thing, one okay. thing. And you can tell me if this works. Mm-hmm. We have glory incarnate, which means we get an extra dice when we do something that fits our god, and we lose a dice when it kind of goes against our god's agenda. Does this work in reverse and reduce one of their dice? I think, I think in this case it would, because it's, again, another factor, right? Explicitly, this hospitality as a principle, both being invoked by the people who are, who are asking you, and then you saying, yes, that is the principle you're using, right? It's sure. true. And they are violating it, too, because they're being yeah. very bad guests. So. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you don't violate guests right in either direction. Um, yeah. There's also another broader metaphysical consideration where the entire reason that they're criminals and the whole the, their entire conflict is about how they couldn't move with the times. Okay, so they have two dice. <laughs> Amazing. Okay. I'll roll in engagement because I don't think I've done that yet. This game. Sure. Yeah. Roll and use your terrible luck, I guess, because now we want to roll low, so that's funny. No, I have great luck. What are you talking about? <laughs> Sick. 
I keep saying. So a six and a two. <laughs> so it actually goes really well for them, apparently. They start in a controlled mm-hmm. position. I'm going to take a five-minute break after this, because I think uh, I need some water, and also we should like uh, back away for a second. Mm-hmm. But uh, the way that I imagine the six looking is that you are caught completely off guard. And I think Ramu is both pragmatic and uh, terrible enough that so they will turn up. At, let's say that there's like maybe five or six of them, not so many that people will be like, excuse me, where the hell are you going? But enough that, mm-hmm. you know, they cut like a figure, right? And mm-hmm. they're just I walking. think it should be more. I think it should be more because we have like, uh, we have quite a few gangs under us. So I don't think it makes sense for them to come with just yeah, but, about but as many people as we have in I a think group. five or six makes sense because they are trained fighters and we That's have, yeah. okay, my roof, my roof ball guys can actually fight, but our occultists are not warriors. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, so each strike. of these guys is yeah. very dangerous, to be clear. They are each. Um, they don't call them ustads because they are not cool enough. You know, like they don't have the tradition. I don't think each of them is necessarily ustad, but like that, like they're all roughly of that level. Each one of them is like a dangerous warrior, right? And so six of them yeah. is like a sizable force. The reason I didn't want to make it more is that if I say twenty, then in terms of yeah. numbers, it becomes bigger, but it doesn't necessarily like increase the. Yeah. The complexity. Um, sure, yeah. And so I think uh, they turn up and I think he spots uh, Zajidan, who is drinking his uh, chai on this roof. Um, and he sees the old man up there. He knows who Zajidan is, of course, of course. And he looks at one of his compatriots and says, and just points to Zajidan. And you see that, in fact, uh, what they do is, in like a swift movement, they clamber up the side of the temple and they have your father surrounded. And that is the controlled position they're in, which is that like, they are right now, they have someone very important to you who cannot defend himself and there's almost nothing that Zajidan can do about it. So, uh, you're in trouble, right? But, uh, five stress flashback for Zajidan to be a black belt? Uh, sure. Let's say, that, like, <laughs> let's say that he's the kind of black belt where he can do one amazing technique and then he's literally going to faint. Like in those Japanese manga where it's like, yes, amazing, but I can only do this for like 10 seconds and then I'm shortening uh-huh. my life. <laughs> uh-huh. okay. So he learned the other half of whatever Abbas's star invocation is. Where yeah. he's like... <laughs> <laughs> so, Abbas has the the spirit bomb or whatever. The, yeah. Ah, yes, of course. One of you knows the Shoryuken and one of you knows the Hadoken. There you <laughs> no, go. Okay. Yeah, very good. Yeah. Very good. Okay. Um, okay. okay. And so blows out our brief candle. I named the disciples of the ceaseless temple thus, with both their given names and taken. Saumitri called Tree, Zoheb called Klau, Prince, Emma, and Adyat called Soap. Intro music, Jalandahar by Kevin McLeod. Outro music in Kiravani Ragam by Yusri Nivas. Blades in the Dark by John Harper and Evil Hat Productions. Iruvian Playbooks by Johnstone Metzger. Follow us at Desperate Attune on Twitter or email us at desperateattune 
at gmail.com. Support us at ko-fi.com slash desperateattune. Also, I think this is this is why it's desperate. Is because I have, in order to pull this off, I have to get into point blank range. I'm not in a position to assist, but I'm wondering if Abbas is, if he is around jogging outside on his morning jog. <laughs> I don't know if he could like distract them or something. Yeah, I was thinking like at what the best time is to come into it, but I guess uh, yeah. Like I guess Abbas would be climbing up the same stairs that Bros did, right? Like uh, he just sees. Uh, Smoke and he's like, and he he's expecting Zaljilan to be there. I don't know. I guess I'm I'm also gonna be like, you know, just uh, jogging right back up the stairs. And he goes, "Hiya, are you up there? Did Vickers burn uh, the breakfast again?" Okay. Joan has to get really really close to shoot this guy. So close that regardless of whether or not she succeeds, she will not be able to get out without fighting her way out. Uh, I was going to say, um, whatever happens, you will be compelled to take a bite out of this. <laughs> because you should struggle with your bite, I think. And, like, there was a cannibal on screen not so long ago. I think I think that the, the first the, the fight outfit, Devil's Bargain, is probably already going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so I will take the second one. 